Hey, welcome back to Woman Talk to God, WTTG. It's been a minute, y'all. I'm your host, your girl, Sean Owens, and I'm super excited that you have decided to join us for 25 days in December of Making Much of Jesus. We will be hearing some awesome testimonies from both men and women how Jesus is still saving souls. Let's tune in. Hey, friends. Today I have the honor to sit with my girl, Nikki Perkins. We are about to hear her testimony about how Jesus is still saving sinners like you and me. Welcome to the podcast, girl. Hey, girl. How you doing? I'm well. Glad you're on. Yeah, me too. I'm super excited. Look, I've been waiting, okay? I've been waiting for my turn, my moment. Um, So I'm super excited to sit here with you. Oh, thank you, sis. I'm excited, too, to just hear your testimony and just like how Jesus, um, how he changed you, right? Yeah. Amen. Because yeah. he changed yeah. me. <laughs> <laughs> you want to talk about it? We can talk about it. <laughs> As we just said, only he could do it. <laughs> right. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. So let's jump on into it. Like, so tell us a little bit about yourself, like where you're from, you know, where you currently are. Yeah, definitely. So, uh, again, my name is Nikki. Uh, I'm from Mississippi, or as we say, Mississippi, um, from the South. Uh, I've been in D.C. for three years now, um, and it's just been great. I've been doing uh, nonprofit work since I moved here. I wanted to move um, to an area like D.C., more specifically um, Southeast D.C., east of the river, um, because I wanted to work with inner city youth. Um, I think coming from Mississippi and just seeing, um, I just wanted to help. I knew that. And I was like, I feel like there's a very unique experience in inner cities um, that I want to be a part of. And so, um, yeah, moved to D.C. three years ago. Since then, I've been working uh, mainly living in Southeast D.C., uh, but also working with youth um, in the area. And right now I'm doing uh, nonprofit work, um, more so focused around social justice. So, yeah, that's a little bit about me. Well, what was your life like before Christ, girl? Um, a mess. Uh, <laughs> I can further dive into that. So um, my life before Christ was, um, I was just lost. I would say that um, I grew up um, with both parents um, in the beginning until I was about seven years old. Um, after that, my parents split up. And we moved to Mississippi. We were in Houston um, at one point, but we moved to Mississippi with my grandmother. And I would say from that point, I just really struggled with my identity. Um, I was really close to my dad. And so no longer having my dad in my life and not really understanding why um, at that point in my life, I think just caused a lot of confusion for me. And I just had a lot of feelings of, you know, not feeling like I was really worth much you know, not really understanding my value um, and just really having this, who am I um, and why do I matter and do I matter? Um, And so I would say that that really ruled my life um, during my teenage years. Um, And during that point, I just really, I didn't fully understand who God was. I Like my family, we went to church, um, I would say that. But before we moved with my grandmother, I didn't really consider myself a Christian because I didn't fully understand what that even meant. Um, I was young. I was a kid. You know, I did the go up to the altar and answer the three questions. Um, but I really just did it because I saw my brothers do it and I didn't want to be the odd man out. Um, 
but for me, it wasn't really having this knowledge of who Christ was um, or fully understanding what it meant to be a child of God. And so um, I did it because it was what my family did. Um, but for me, um, internally, they didn't know about it. Like I never told my mother or my grandmother that I didn't consider myself a Christian, um, but I didn't. And internally, I knew that um, there was a certain responsibility that came along with being a Christian. Um, and I just felt like I wasn't ready for that responsibility. I was still really figuring out who I was. And I was still really like reeling from these feelings of not feeling valuable. Um, I didn't feel valuable to my father. And I feel as though um, I attributed those feelings to God of that I didn't feel valuable to God either. Because why did he allow my parents to split up? Why was he allowing me to go through all these issues with um, my identity? And when I was younger also, um, I also had experienced um, a sexual assault. And so I just had all these feelings of why me, God? And with those feelings came a certain, a certain hardness that I had towards God. And so I didn't see God as a good father. Um, and so therefore, I didn't see the reason for me to follow him. Um, so I didn't. Like I would, you know, go through the motions. I would go to church um, because my grandma made us, you know, I would go to Bible study and Sunday school and do all of the things. Um, and to everybody else, it seemed as though um, I was living a quote unquote Christian life. Um, I was known in high school and middle school as the good girl, you know, but um, underneath that, I was, I was just really struggling with uh, my identity and I wasn't uh, living up to my worth. I would definitely say that I was struggling with just relationships and having relationships with men and trying to understand relationships with boys and, and what that should even look like. And, and so, yes, I was really um, broken. I would say that, um, but nobody could really see it. Nobody could know because I could easily mask it with this, you know, very peppy personality. So, um, so yeah, that was my life really before uh, Christ was lost, um, broken, trying to be okay. Um, my mom, she is a big helper. My grandma was that way too. I mean, so I think that I took on that personality of, you know, I'm just going to be, I'm just going to help everybody else. You know what I mean? Not helping myself because I don't know what that looks like, but I'm going to try to be, you know, helpful to everyone else and an encouragement to everyone else. Um, but still at the end of the day, not really knowing who I was um, or why mm. I was either. Yes, yes, I'm pretty sure. I mean, hearing you say some of those things hit home for myself as well, and I'm sure for plenty of the listeners as well. Yeah. Well, when did you come to repent of your sins and start to believe in the gospel? When did that moment come where you're like, wait a minute, <laughs> I, need, I, I need Jesus for real? Yeah, no, I think that's so, it's funny that you asked that question because I was, I was literally thinking about that the other day. I was talking with um, a group of women who I'm in a study with now. Um, about what a moment of conversion looked like, um, right? Because I can remember a moment when I would say I was about mm, 13 years old, uh, 13, 14 years old. So where I, I just started to feel different about my actions. Um, I started to feel a certain level of conviction or um, I wasn't okay with everything that I was doing. Um, and, I, and, and it wasn't a clear understanding of, oh, this is sin. But it was just this feeling of like, mm, like, why does this grieve me? Or like, why, why do I not like this thing that much anymore? Or why am I crying after, you know, like participating in this thing? I wasn't fully understanding what that was. But I truly do believe 
uh, that that was the Lord calling me to himself. Um, I remember mm-hmm. that um, when I was younger, the church that I was going to uh, was a, you know, down home um, church. And I think that they definitely did the best that they can. But um, there was this one preacher um, who uh, he was, well, is a cousin of mine. He was a young preacher at the time. Um, his name was Anthony Forrest. And he was the first time that I heard the gospel. Um, and after hearing him preach, I just sobbed. Like, and I had no idea why I was crying. Like, but I was just really just sobbing. And I was like, Lord, I don't understand what this is. I don't understand what's happening um, internally right now. But every single time that I would hear him preach, um, he would preach the gospel and I would just have a reaction to it. Um, but I would just kind of brush it off as, well, you know, maybe I'm just emotional. Um, but I would say that that continued to happen. And so I started to see myself be more curious about who God was and, and who is this God and what is he really about and, you know, really being curious about having an understanding for myself and no longer just kind of, you know, leaning on my mom's understanding or leaning on my grandma's understanding, but really wanted to see who is this God for myself. Um, and so I would say about that happened, that continued for a couple of years and me just asking people a lot of questions and, you know, just having a lot of conflicts within myself. And um, I would say at the age of 16, um, my brother, my older brother um, had gotten saved. Um, and so he came back and he told us about it and he told us about the experience. And he was like, man, like, I really want you all to know Jesus. And he just really started pouring into us. Um, about the gospel and about who God was and trying to help us to come to a certain understanding. And when I say us, I mean um, my twin and I, we were the younger, youngest sibling. Um, And so I remember this moment where he took us to church with him. And there was just so, the church was so busy. There was so much going around the church, but people were really just crying out to God. Um, And I just felt this tug on my heart that was like, oh, I think this is, this is it. (laughs) Like, this is this is the moment because, you know, they're calling people up to the altar. Um, and I just went up to the altar and I just completely surrendered. Um, and I just cried. And, and I was like, you know, God, I think that this has been a, a long time coming. I think that this has been happening in my heart for some years. Um, and so that was, I, I would say, the, the visible moment um, for me to where it was like, no, this is a clear decision um, where I feel as though the Lord has called me to himself. Um, so yeah, that, that was my conversion story, I guess. Mm. What have your life been since knowing Christ? Since knowing Christ, um, it has been, oh, it's been something. It's been, it's, <laughs> that's the word. <laughs> that's the word. It's been something, girl. Um, I would say in the beginning, um, after that moment, I really, I had no idea what to do. Like, like the, the phrase born again was really how I felt. It, I felt like a newborn and I was like, okay, so I'm here now. What do I do? <laughs> like, what is, I, I felt like there's supposed to be this big conversion. But for me, what I really struggled with was that I think my thinking was that once the conversion happened, that that would be it. That like all of a sudden I'm changed and I'm complete. I don't struggle with sin anymore. I don't struggle with any of the, any of the things I dealt with or my identity issues or self-esteem issues. And when those things didn't go away immediately, like I was per talk about I it. was perplexed. Like I was just like, wait, like why do I still have these feelings? Why do I still have these conflicts? Why why am I still not fully 
like just turned around and and I, I struggled with that and I almost felt like I, I didn't really get saved. Like I felt like that. I was like, well, it must didn't stick because I'm still <laughs> no, <that's laughs> I'm still true. struggling with this. So I guess you know how many times we gotta do it, you know what I mean, for, for me to not struggle anymore. And it was I think the identity issues that I had now um were intensified because my understanding was that oh, well, you know, this happens, this event happens in your life and suddenly you're changed. Um, and I really didn't have anyone around me. Unfortunately, my brother, he was away at school at another school. Um, and so I didn't have really anyone around me to really talk me through and sit with me and walk with me um, to say, hey, like this is yes. Like we praise God that now you have this understanding that you are his, you're a child of God. Um, but that sanctification is a process right? Like we live this out, like from that day until the day where we meet God, like we are living this out. Um, And I didn't have anyone to share that with me. Um, And so in the beginning, I really struggled. I I continued to struggle with my identity. I continued, but it was like, I was, I was doing these things and I was crying about it. And I was like, wait, like something has to change because (laughs) I don't, I don't understand this process. And so I would say, that happened up until college um, to where I was just kind of walking around. And um, thankfully, no, I was saying in high school, I was able to get around some other um, students um, in the school that I was attending who also uh, proclaimed Christ. And we just kind of walked with each other and we were really teaching each other um, what it looked like. We were walking through the Bible together, trying to understand it together. And that was a really encouraging time for me. Um, and I was going to a church to where they were also helping me to better understand the gospel. So I would say those those formative years definitely um, in the beginning were a struggle because I was still um, struggling with this, this idea of identity and who am I that I'm now claiming Christ. And also, um, you know, having those feelings before of like, oh, like not really having my dad in, in my life. And he and I really struggled with our relationship. And so what I was doing was I was taking my relationship with my dad and I was projecting that onto God. And so I didn't trust God as a father, right? Like when it came to, okay, you know, like, yeah, I'll, you know, do the things I'm supposed to do. But when it comes to completely surrendering my life over and God having authority over my life, I really struggled with that idea because I struggle with, does God have my best interest in mind? Like, and can I be sure and certain of that? Um, And so I'll jump to now uh, for the sake of not, you know, just kind of, it's a lot in that story. Um, But ultimately, I think I can say like now I'm completely affirmed um, within my identity in Christ. And that's something that I had been searching for for years, even after um, being converted, even after uh, fully accepting Christ as my Lord and Savior, um, that I just didn't feel affirmed. I, I kept going back and forth of who am I in Christ? Am I really in Christ? Have I changed? Why do I still struggle with these things? Um, But I think ultimately in the past few years, especially since I've moved to D.C. um, and I've gotten in a healthy church community and I've gotten under healthy teaching, um, it's really just helped me to understand that, yo, like this is a process. But like the, the the point and purpose is to lean on Christ the entire way. Like that the moment that we were saved, God didn't look at you and say, "Okay, now change. You know, like it's like, no, but it's just that now, God, like. I know that I'm no longer a slave to this thing, that I don't have to give into these urges and these desires and this, you know, my flesh, that I'm no longer a slave to my flesh, but yet I'm a slave to righteousness. And so 
in all of this, I'm going to lean on you. And I really feel like as though, especially in these past years of my life, that that's what my walk with Christ has looked like is a complete dependence on the Lord and like, and just walking in that and learning and um, continuing to put myself around uh, people who know more than I do, <laughs> continuing to like, just humble myself and say, no, like I'm still learning. Like I'm still um, fully understanding who I am in Christ, but I'm completely in and totally dependent on him. Um, and so I'm going to look to Christ to fully understand who am I. I'm going to look to Christ to fully understand uh, what purpose he has for me. What should I be doing? Um, and I think that's really what it is, is that it's not like, it's a walk. It's a everyday fight. Like every single day we're fighting our flesh um, to, to surrender itself to Christ. And so therefore um, that's, that's how I'm living it. It's like, man, you know, every day is a fight every day but um it's worth it it's it's truly worth it um and i know that he's better than anything else um and so therefore i'm just surrendering my life to that that you know no matter what may try to you know come at me or or whatever darts the enemy may throw that like christ is better and i truly am affirmed and believing that now so hey man sis well thank you so much for sharing your testimony trust and believe I'm pretty plenty could relate to that sanctification piece of, you know, I mean, I know plenty of people who probably doubted their salvation mm -hmm. just because they kept falling back into the same old habits. And it's, un it's not until we learn to really realize that it's not in, um, that it's really us leaning independent on him, as right. you mentioned, mm -hmm. you know, uh, what scripture would you say that you are now leaning on in this season? um that is keeping you um grounded in in the lord um i would definitely i think of uh psalm 34 and 8 um it says taste and see that the lord is good uh blessed is the mm. one who takes refuge in him um and i feel like that scripture just speaks so much to especially this year has been a tough one like 2020 like has tried to take us all out you know what i mean and so it's really just like look if you're not completely taking refuge in the Lord, uh, then you've left yourself open to so many things out there that are trying to attack. Um, and so I really like, it's just a belief that like, man, like taste and see that the Lord is good and that he's better, you know, like he's, he's better. He's better than anything um, out there that we could possibly try to put above him. Like there, these idols that we can set up in our heart. And I feel like this year has really torn all those idols down, like how we try to you know, exalt work and people and even, you know, families and all that, that any of it at a moment can be taken away. Um, but yet the Lord, taste and see that the Lord is good and that blessed is the one who takes refuge in him. And so it's just been a sweet reminder for me um, that man, God is good and, and he's gracious and he's kind and he is a good, good father. And like, I truly Amen. and solely believe that um, and, and I want others to, to take that too. And that God is good, even in the midst of all this chaos, the one thing that is certain, that is constant, that is good is God. Amen. Yes. Okay. You had me there. Girl, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I wanted to sit in that. Look. Okay. <laughs> 
Yeah. So as we close, uh, for someone who's not a believer, who's just heard you share your testimony and just heard you, you know, share your your scripture that you're leaning into, Mm -hmm. what would be something that you would encourage this unbeliever to um, to trust in this Jesus that you have placed your faith in? Yeah. Um, I think I definitely just just go back to that scripture is that taste and see that the Lord is good. Um, And again, that he's better. Um, I feel as though those who are apart from Christ, so many things can can look good to you, right? So many things can seem better to you, um, but it's not. And, and all of that, um, all of it um, fail, like fails in, in, in comparison to Christ. And so um, I just want that to be an encouragement to people who um, don't know Christ, who um, don't have that desire to even know him right now, is that he is truly better. He is truly good and that he sees you and that he cares for you, right? And, and it's like, because that was a big problem for me when I was struggling in my identity um, and I didn't um, even want to claim Christ is because I didn't feel as though God really cared for me. I was looking at everything that was happening in my life, everything that had happened to me. And I was saying, there's no way that <laughs> there's a God who is over all this, who truly sees me and who cares for me because I wouldn't be struggling in the way that I am. Um, but it's when I found my identity in him that it just, that none of that, like none of it um, really, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? None of it compared um, to the like love and, and the understanding and the truth that I found um, in Christ that just made all of that, right? It, it truly, it, I, I better understood my experience. It better validated my experience for one, um, but it also let me know that I think about John uh, 16 and 33, where what Jesus says, like, I have like, take heart, like I've overcome the world, like in this world, you you will face trouble, uh, but take heart because I have overcome it. Um, and so, so to know that God is not a God who was void of sorrow, who was void of, of, of any trouble or like he, he endured sorrow, he endured sin and took on the sin of the world for your sake, just so that you would have the opportunity to have eternity with him. Like, and, and think about how, how wild that is, right? Is that the, the God of, of the creator of, of all of this, of the universe, of, and I really want to say that God created the universe. So the universe is not out here blessing you. The universe is not out here taking care of you. We don't speak to the universe and all of a sudden things like, no, like God is the creator of the universe, right? Mm. And so the God who created all of this saw you and said, man, I want to die for that person. I want to die for you. I'm taking on all the sin that you hadn't even committed yet. I'm taking that up on myself and I'm dying for it. And I'm resurrecting so that you too will have the opportunity to live with me, to resurrect with me in heaven um, forever. And so I just want to encourage people who don't know Christ um, and that trust me, he is better. Like at the end of the day, all this stuff that's around us, all of it will fade. Um, but God is constant and God is forever. Um, so yeah, taste and see that the Lord is good. Take your refuge in him. Um, him In him is where you'll find your identity. In him is where it all makes sense. Ooh, sis, again, you, you, I was getting ready to take off running up in here. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> He's so funny. That was good. That was good. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Um, yeah, thank you so much for your time, sis. Thank you for, again, your vulnerability and sharing your testimony. Thank you for making much of Jesus. And um, 
Merry Christmas, sis. Merry Christmas to you, too. Thank you so much for having me. God bless. God bless. Bye. Thank you for tuning in. I hope that by listening to this testimony, you have been encouraged. If you are listening and you are not a believer, which means that you have not placed your faith in Jesus, I pray that you realize that you are a sinner in need of a savior. I encourage you to reach out to the person that shared this podcast with you and tell them that you would like to learn more about Jesus. If you are a believer, I encourage you to go tell it. Go tell someone about Jesus. Go and share the gospel. It's all about him. He is our only hope. And I also hope that you would tune in tomorrow as we are making much of Jesus. 